welcome to the Fashion Photography Show. This is a podcast teaching you how to build a creative and profitable fashion photography business. I'm Olivia Bossert, a London-based fashion photographer with over 10 years in the industry. I've shot for magazines like Elle, Harper's Bazaar, Marie Claire, Grazia and more. I've also worked with brands like Rixo, Daisy Jewelry, Blink Brow Bar and many more. If you're a fashion photographer interested in building a business that's made to suit you, then you're in the right place. I'm so happy you're here. This week's podcast episode is with the incredible Sam Royston. Sam is a digitech, a digital technician, and if you don't know what that means, definitely listen to this episode because he explains it really intricately and really well. Sam and I have worked together a few times now, and he is an incredible valuable person to have on set. He knows his stuff when it comes to file management, screens, digital stuff, cameras, like you wouldn't believe. And he's been incredibly wonderful to have on set with me. He's been really supportive. He is always really happy to answer questions. And trust me, whenever I'm on set with him, I come to him with a bunch of technical questions because I know he'll know the answer or at least be able to point me in the right direction. We have a very in-depth chat. It's a little bit more techy than my usual stuff because the nature of digital teching is quite techy, but it's really useful. He gives so many tips on things you should buy, minimum sort of equipment you need to get started, where to get the good stuff, what hard drives you should use, what you shouldn't use, and so much more. I've left links to everything he mentions in the show notes. So if there's anything you want to get hold of, you can find it right there. And I really hope you enjoy listening to the episode. Hi, Sam. How are you? Hi, how's it going? (laughs) It's funny doing that again, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone doesn't know, we have been chatting and saying hello to each other. Um, I would love you to share with everyone who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Okay, so um, I'm Sam Royson. I'm a Digitech based just outside of London. Um, I'm the man behind Signal Over Noise Digital or Sun Digi. Um, yeah, and I've been yeah licensing and Digiteching for what eleven years now. Um, yeah, mostly in sort of the commercial photography realm, but all over. Doesn't really bother me what genre it is. I'll uh, I'll help out on it really. Amazing. Yeah, we've worked together quite a few times now, and it's always yeah, lovely. Yeah. You are a knowledge, like a, a pool of knowledge, <laughs> a sea of knowledge when it comes to <laughs> digi and tech. And I always end up asking you loads of questions about stuff because you know way more about stuff than I do so it's always nice having you on set with me to pick your brain um I know that a lot of people listening some will know what a digitech is some won't but I want to primarily chat today about digiteching slash being a digital technician because everyone's Mm -hmm. always like what does that stand for um can you explain what a digitech is and what you do okay yeah sure um (laughs) it's it's a bit of a funny one to define, but like I try and to to put it into sort of the the photo assistant context. It's sort of it's just it's just further down the lane and scale of what a photo assistant is. So like you know, if you're starting out and just being a general photo assistant, you might be you know a bit of a bag carrier and then helping put lights on stands and and figure things out there. And you might you know poke your head over the screen every now and then to to get a sense of what's going on with the shoot. But then as you sort of develop and get into more advanced shoots, you might end up being more of a, a lighting assistant, which is, 
you know, specifically that you're not only being able to put up the lights, but you might know how to be placing them and know how to make the lighting setup yourself um, while also, you know, following what the, what the photographer is suggesting and what have you. Um, and then there's digital operators who are more on the, the computer side of things, dealing with the tethering, dealing with, um, you know, all the cameras and what's going on there, keeping an eye on what's going on in Capture One, worrying about backups and things like that. I think the difference between a digital operator and digital tech is probably more that a digital tech is someone who comes along with the gear themselves um, for the most part, and they'll have their own laptops, they'll have their own systems and workflows and and, and systems in place that they know um, and can rely on because they've they've set it all up in their own way. Um, and I, I think that, that sort of distinction between digital op and digital tech is I know it's it's something that I've sort of seen over the years I don't know if that's the official <laughs> designation between the two but um yeah I think a, a, an op is is often showing up to to do exactly what digital tech does but they're doing it on the photographer's kit and the photographer's yeah. systems um because there's a range of you know some photographers are very techy and know their stuff and they love their gear and you know there's a lot of photographers who do really enjoy their gear um and so they're often the people who have got all of that stuff themselves already and have those systems in place and they just need someone to run it um and then there are other people who aren't that tech savvy or don't really you know they don't care for that they're more focused on the imagery and they just want to get that done so just bring in the people and the talent and the uh um and the skills that they need which is like i need this to be recorded and i need this to be backed up and need it to be looked after i don't care about learning how chronosync works or anything like that i just need someone to do that for me um and so that's where a digitech comes in and yeah that's that's often what i end up doing for people amazing yeah and you've definitely done a bit of both for me like where Mm -hmm. i come in and i've i've got a a basic setup for digi digi stuff um but you've got the serious setup and there's been times (laughs) when you've used mine and there's been times when you've ended up bringing some of your own stuff we've never done the full the full hog yet have we no no yeah all your stuff (laughs) it's coming this year i'm sure it's gonna happen yeah i'm excited all the screens i want all the screens (laughs) because there's nothing cooler than seeing what you do and having it all like it feels very luxury having you on yeah. set with all your kit there it's very and the, the clients love it they're always yeah. like oh my goodness like show me what you can do how can we treat and you you're amazing because you don't just stand there in front of the computer and I think there's a misconception here sometimes is that a digi tech slash digi op only watches the screen and makes sure the files are coming in but you're very involved in the shooting process with me like making sure the color grade is looking good, making sure the crop is correct. Um, what other, like, what other things do you do when you're actually at the computer? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite a, um, a hybrid role to some extent. I'd probably take it more to extreme in that. I, yeah, I do like being very much involved. So, um, and I yeah, like that. I like someone yeah. who wants to get involved. It's fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not the kind of digi that's you know in their cave and not wanting anyone to talk to them sort of thing. I'm I'm the one who's sort of yeah liking to to um to to muck in and uh, if I see something that needs changing or whatever, I'd I'd rather get involved and, and help out with that. Um, but yeah, like it's it's very much um it's not just about backing up. It's not just about the tethering, and it's you're kind of you're a bit of a conduit between 
um, you know, what the client's seeing and what the client's saying and, and you know, needing adjusting what the photographer's doing because, you know, you're, you're at your station and you're seeing what's going on and you're also hearing the feedback and the photographer's doing their own thing. They're the other side of set and, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're focused on getting the imagery and trying to um, do the best job that they can. Um, but the entire time there's going to be feedback going on from clients or let's change this or they're thinking about the next thing or um, try, trying to 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 know what the next steps are in the job and, and mm. what the next setup's going to be and um, the best way of approaching the the entire job that, you know, let's not change from this set now because if we do this look and the next look after that, we can save ourselves some time by doing that all in one go and then we'll switch everything at once and then we'll do it all there. Um, and that saves you, you know, time and headache and stuff rather than changing set 10 times in a day, you change set three times and that's it sort of thing. Um, and there's, you know, there's a whole range of skills and soft skills involved in, in being a digi as well as the technical knowledge you need to, you need to know how to manage clients and you need to know how to, um, approach things and also, um, hand on knowledge and, 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 and pass on information in a subtle way. Um, if you see something that's going wrong, you don't want to be you just just screaming about it and saying it's all it's all gone terribly wrong or it you know this is broken crap. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you need to be going. <laughs> oh, you might you need to sort of subtly bring the photographer over to one side and just be like, ah, oh, this needs to you know you need to switch that light down or whatever, and and just sort of or or you know if if something's wrong with garment or anything like that, you just need to carefully say things in in a way that isn't going to ruffle any feathers and yeah. you know you need to present everything as being perfect and running fine and dandy the whole time so that everyone looks as professional as they can look yeah. um because that, that's you know you're you're an extension of the photographer's you yeah. know um image at that point you're you're the crew that's been brought on and so you've got to you've got to present the best front that you can to everyone the whole time and, and make everyone look as good as they should look sort of thing. So, um, yeah, there's a whole world of things in the, in the digital realm. <laughs> I know that one thing people don't realize a lot of the time when they're new to tethering, for example, is that a lot of the time when you see a raw image that's shot to card, it looks kind of not great. What I love about tethering is that we can color grade the images pretty much as soon as they come in and that's another thing that you are very involved in obviously there yeah. will be grading done afterwards but what's what the reason I love tethering and we can go on to talk about why tethering is so important because it's it's often like an obstacle that a lot of photographers who want to take that next step in the next level up of being a photographer yeah. they're stuck shooting to cards tethering feels a little bit intimidating they don't know why they should do it but one of the reasons I love it is the client could see kind of how the image is going to look at in a in its final state immediately, and there's yeah. none of that. This is looking a bit. Why is that looking a bit flat? Why is that looking really blue when actually we yeah, can yeah. Pull that up in like immediately? So they're seeing what looks like a final result as soon as the image is taken, um, and that's so so nice. Why else should we be tethering to a computer and not just shooting up to SD cards? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely an obstacle for people. And uh, I think that 
it's definitely a huge step in making things better immediately. Like, you, mm. like just just the ability to see something bigger to begin with is is great. And you know, we've already talked about all the screens, but you know, um, having it on a laptop screen to begin with is way better than having it on the back of the camera. Yeah. Um, you'll instantly look a lot more professional just by having it show up on a laptop rather than <laughs> on the back of the camera. Um, and you can see so much more and you can see the details and you can see if, you know, if there's a, a tag on a garment that needs to be taken out or hidden or a clip from the stylist that's that's there that you might not notice if it's on the back of a screen. Um, and as you say, if you, you, can, you can grade and get things much closer to um, what the final product will be um, yeah. quite quickly within Capture One. Um, I do my best to try and keep um, keep sort of the important exposure levels as zeroed out as possible. I don't I don't really want that to be a file that's pushed and pulled all over the place. But there are definitely times where you're shooting in harsh sunlight or um, just not ideal conditions where you might need to lift the shadows a bit or pull the highlights a bit just to show the client that look it is in the file and we'll we'll be able to pull that back. Yeah. Um, but for right now, we just need to we need to shoot it like this, just to, to so you know that it's there. Um, but that will happen in post, and that will be in the final grade that will bring back that, or um, you know that the information's in the file to to make it work. Yeah, to be able um, to actually show them, like here's what it can look like when we're done. Yeah. Don't take this initial image as the final because I think a lot of people, especially clients, when they're on set, they see something and they're like, oh, my God, it looks awful. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah but wait, if you see it on the back of a the camera, there's nothing you can do about being. Yeah. You can explain, oh, yeah, but I'll pull the shadows up. And they're like, what? Whereas yeah, when yeah. you can actually show them on the screen, you're like, look, I can do this. And they're like, oh, cool, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's certain things which is like certain colors, like, camera sensors don't deal with very well i know there's like a, a a tealy bluey green that it just no matter what camera i've used it just doesn't pick up and it's it's always the same that people are like oh why is that looking so off and then you just i'll end up doing a quick color edit within there and just swing that specific color and be like look it needs to be here but it's not there right now but there you go that's what, that's what it's going to look like and it just it helps quickly reassure people and you know some some of the more advanced bits that you can end up doing as a, as a digi is doing you know like rough mock-ups and things i've done it on um still life jobs where you know if we're doing drinks and you're doing multiple drinks and they're being prepared and shot in sequence rather than all at once because you've got to do it in sequence because the ice will melt and it won't look right and you know the the, the drink only lasts for five minutes looking great yeah. um so if you're shooting six drinks in a shot, then it's it's going to be multiple things, but it's very difficult to visualize all of that at once. Whereas what I can do is I can quickly export all those plates, chuck it into Photoshop, do a quick mock-up yeah. and layer it in and be like, look, this is the finished, well, not the finished thing, but a rough estimation of what it's going to look like. And that just, you know, puts people's minds at ease again and just like, oh, okay, like that, that makes sense. I can, I can visualize it now because it's very easy to just say, oh yeah, it'll work. Don't worry about it. But it's, it's that reassurance and that like, oh, okay. Yeah. It is actually going to work. That um, is the most important thing a lot of the time. Yeah. And then if people are listening, they're like, okay, I really want to either learn more mm -hmm. about digging myself because I do think that, it's important to have a basic knowledge of 
capture one of tethering of how it works so that if you want to start just tethering and without maybe with one assistant who just watches the computer for you um, how can they start doing that and then equally if they want to start bringing on a digitech how do you find one like where are these mystical creatures yes yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um so for sort of knowledge base there's great tutorials on the capture one youtube um channel to begin with that's always like great for um just getting the basics down they've done a really good job in um quite informative videos with actual photographers and things who who do the job and know what the job is so um that that's always a good starting point um as for finding texts and things there's a few lists knocking around so um direct digital have a a list on their website of assistance um which is useful to find um i don't know if there's actually a list uh, so back to which is now the the union for photo assistance mm-hmm. um i don't know if there's a list of everyone yet i don't believe there's a list of everyone yet but that's always a, a, a useful um qualifier for you know a serious assistant is if they're if they're part of that the way that I found most of mine has been um, through asking other photographers. So just messaging people that I know and being like, hey, do you have any recommendations of great digitechs? I'm looking for someone for a job or I want to start working with someone. That's been how I found most people. You actually approach me, which is fantastic. And that's mm-hmm. another way. Like You can just openly say, I'm looking for digitechs on your stories yeah. or post on your Instagram or um, go on, I don't know, Facebook groups. I'm sure there are Facebook groups in your area. Um, or just like look up on Instagram people who are hashtagging Digitech, things like that. That's it's. It, there's no like easy way to find anyone in this industry. You kind of have to do a bit of research. But the best people have been. That's how I found all my people, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think sort of making sure you keep a note of. Um, anyone you come across whether it's on instagram or whatever like just having a folder which you can save an image and just be like okay this is my digitech folder and like there's so many of them and that you know even (laughs) even having been in the industry this many years like i keep on discovering new people or you know even after setting up sun and that sort of being its own entity there was like a whole world of other digis who started following that account i was like i didn't realize all these people were, (laughs) were out there um but yeah, it it definitely helps to to check out what people have got on their Instagram page and you can get a sense of, you know, jobs that they've been on, the scale of those jobs and um and also, yeah, what kit offerings they have and and how how well set up they are because, you know, um we do like to sort of have our processes down and our, our and our kit organized and, you know, um know that you're gonna have everything working as it should be. Um which is the most important thing. And it, it just helps to um, to to rock up on set with things that are already in place and all the setup that's there that is already done because you've, you've done it so many times, you know, like I've got templates for sessions and I've got all of my shortcuts that are laid out the exact way that I have them run, which is always the, the tricky thing when I go back to working on someone else's machine. It's like none of my buttons are working how yeah. I want them to um but i've now got to the point where i've got all of my shortcuts on a um uh saved as a as a template and i just copy that across from a, an ssd um so i can use mine 
wherever I am really, which is great. Amazing. You mentioned Chronosync earlier and yeah. Chronosync is like my favorite underground software that no one seems <laughs> to know about. Um, can you explain what Chronosync is and what you recommend for backing up images? It's a bit of a hint of what it is. Yeah. Let's go. Into sure, it. sure, sure. So um, Chronosync's a lovely genius bit of software, which basically it's designed to um, to back up whatever your um, well, whatever you want it to really. So you can set a source, which would be say your your session folder for the day, um, and you set a target, which would be on your backup drive. Which if you name a folder the same as that um, that initial session folder, it will copy everything over um onto there and but the genius part of it is that there there are settings for mirrors and um it's single direction or by well single direction is the the one that you want essentially but um it will mirror what is in one target to the well, one source to the target i butchered that (laughs) (laughs) it basically like mirrors files with each other so you'll have yes what two hard drives plugged in one you're shooting to the other one that's just blank and it will automatically copy everything over yeah. with a press of a button so you don't have to then worry about drag dropping each look yeah. into a new hard drive so you're backing up all the time yeah but it also it notices when things have changed and will make those adjustments um for you without you having to think about it because if you say it's a backup and you um, and you change your file names, having already backed up, you'll then get duplicates, which are the original file names all backed up, but then also your new changed file names all backed up, and so yeah. you can end up with a with a session folder that's three times the size of your actual session. Um, whereas the mirror will go, oh, okay, you've changed the name on that. I'll just do that for you, and it will swap it, and then everything still matches up, so you can at the end of the day, do a quick sort of get info on both your original session and your backup. And they should generally be the same number that comes up for file size at the end of the day, um, which is perfect and just what you want, really. And it's so quick. Like, it does it so fast. Whenever I've got to... Because I do a lot of just handing a hard drive over to to a client Mm. at the end of the day and they take the images away and then I don't have to do anything, which is my favourite kind of job, by the way. (laughs) chronosync means that i can back up or we can as a team back up every single shot the whole folder as it is immediately and then by the end of the shoot there's no real waiting around it's just done they can unplug the hard drive and walk away from set with everything we've done that day and it's chef's kiss amazing yeah <laughs> that's assuming they've not given you lacy rugged drives and you're <laughs> let's talk about hard drives what yeah what should we or should not we be using um because so... uh, i know i know you hate these i'm i'm lifting up the lacy rugged <laughs> drive as we speak yeah there's a there's a hashtag that goes around um within like the digitech sort of posts and things which is uh lacy is uh french for overtime okay. <laughs> So, um yeah the the basically somehow i don't know what marketing they did but somehow they managed to tell every business everywhere that that was the perfect hard drive for everything ever um and technology's moved along quite a bit in the last 10 years so ssds have got a lot better and quicker and smaller 
Um, so, you know, even even the the SSDs that the Lacey Ruggeds are now, um, I think you'll get maybe 80 meg a second out of them, um, which, you know, big session, big shoot day. Like if you're not backing up continually throughout the day, which is something that I aim to do, you, ne- you never want to be waiting until, you know, wrap and then hit back up. That's never going to, uh, that's never going to go down well. Um, but yeah, it, it, those drives have always been, well, they're just, they're just slow comparatively to what's out there nowadays. So um, generally it's sort of Samsung T7 shields are great nowadays. You're looking at like 500 megasecond sort of average um there's crucial x9s which are great as well um up until recently i was recommending the sandisk extremes but they've Mm. had some qa issues um what's recently so uh quality assurance um so yeah they've basically just had some failures on their four terabytes and two terabytes recently i've heard of that yeah yeah um it's you know it's sort of hit and miss. They've been going very cheap, but that's the reason why they've been going very cheap at the moment. Um, so the trust isn't quite there anymore. Like it's not a case of like, um, oh yeah, it it may have gone a little bit wrong. If it goes wrong, it goes very wrong with those at the moment. So I've been sort of avoiding recommending those too much. Um, but yeah, the, the, the T7s are are great and fast and tiny. So yeah, definitely the the way to go. I'm going to get you to send me links to the ones you recommend and then I'm going to put them all in the show notes so that everyone can buy hard drives that we know we can trust. Yeah. (laughs) In terms of um, the actual shoot day, one thing that I have had to think about sometimes is how am I, because often I'm the photographer and if I am taking all the images home with me, I have to still travel between home and the shoot or shoot and the home. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, a time period there where I'm the only one who has any of the images. Yeah. If I have an accident or something happens to the hard drives on my way, if I get mugged, if I get robbed, that's everything gone. What can, and this is a genuine question from me because I'm looking yeah. at what I can do in the future to solve this being a, a little bit of a an issue. What can we do to make sure that even when we leave set and we get home and we've not actually managed to back up because I've got a big old backup system here in that small window what can we do to make sure that our files are safe yeah so um something that I do and I know a bunch of other digitex do is I carry um a two terabyte hard drive with me all the time anyway and I'll back up that to my own drive and I keep that for 30 days so that I know I'm going a different route <laughs> and I know that I'm um, I'm able to look after it for that amount of time, which is, you know, worst, worst case scenario. Then that means that um, someone's got it essentially. And, you know, touch wood, like no one's ever come back to me so far and needed that, but yeah. it's always good to know. It's and, just you peace know, of mind, isn't it? Yeah. Like more backups are always better. Like even if it's just temporary or whatever, like uh, I very much sort of live by the the sort of, um two is one one is none kind of philosophy um which you know like until it's somewhere else you don't really have it (laughs) so you you might have it yeah on the laptop itself you'll have it on a backup drive you know preferably a client drive will be an option um but then yeah i I, I tend to carry one as 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 a backup as well just in case um which is yeah useful and most people appreciate it so far 
No, it's true. Like that's that's literally what I do, and I am gonna start getting again myself like small hard drives, and then just send an assistant off with one, and just be like, keep this whenever you come on a shoot with me. Bring that with you, and I'll just it's just knowing that you have it. You can delete it in thirty days, or whatever. But it's kind of trying to mitigate any of those. What's the word? Like when you have a bit of a an area of where it could fall everything could go to crap yeah (laughs) (laughs) a weakness a weak point yeah in the system um what can uh what let me reframe my question oh what kind of kit would a photographer who wants to start digging or have the kit to be able to go to set and digi or give the computer to someone to an assistant what kind of kit do they need as a minimum um yeah okay so you can you can get away with not having like all the bells and whistles of a a macbook pro like you you can you can tether to pretty much anything as long as you're you know willing to deal with whatever pace it's going to come in at at that point um so yeah camera laptop tether cable um many brands out there (laughs) um so yeah like everyone knows the orange tether tools cables they've been around forever um they're on the cheaper end of what's out there even though they were um yeah they're they're still what 35 50 quid something like that um but then yeah there's also there's area 51 cables which are um sort of becoming an industry standard now of being a faster 10 meter cable um there's cobra tether out of berlin um digi boutique who are a a london-based digi brand have just launched their own cables which are crazy cheap considering they're essentially the same thing as um as that's good to know everyone else has got yeah so um there's a lot of digis who have started to to launch their own accessories and cables and things like that which is just sort of like a bit of side hustle alongside things um but you know it's it's good that people are pushing the tech and trying to make it better um but yeah like if you've got if you've got a cable if you've got a camera and a laptop and capture one then you're you're kind of good to go really um yeah it's it's not as scary as it seems it's uh it's quite a straightforward process like the camera will automatically be detected and then yeah beyond that it's you know you can go as as advanced or as simple as you want to um you can just have things go straight into the default capture folder and it will it will all be there or you can start adding in your subfolders and 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 organizing things in that way, and then you can get into you know the levels of um, having naming conventions that are put in there, which automatically adjust your file naming to you know whichever shop folder you're in, and 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 you can organize in that way. Um, and yeah, like it, it's sort of it's up to you how crazy you want to get with it, really. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly things that um i know i do just kind of automatically now is just that's my process which are probably a bit more advanced than than you would do straight off the bat but that's just kind of how you get to to grips with things and the experience that you gain over over that time really so um yeah i i I just i'd give it a go and then you'll you'll see the benefit immediately like you just just having having more eyes on it like if you if you bring in on a digi or an assistant to, to check things over you'll get the benefit of you know more eyes on the screen and the fact that you're seeing 
a still image versus what the photographer's seeing, which is everything's moving all the time. And you might get a quick preview or whatever, but you're not seeing like it on a big screen in front of you and being able to analyze it and, and get that sense. And, you know, there's certain things where I'll end up calling out changes or, or, or thoughts that need to be seen. And the amount of times that people are like, I did not even notice that. And that's clients on my shoulder who are looking at the same image I'm looking at. And I'm like, well, yeah, that, that, bit of stand was creeping in on that side or whatever and you know if you're so focused on taking the image you're never going to pay attention to that um but you know there's definitely a kind of fix it in pre-mentality that we try and keep um just to you know save time and retouch time yeah, and um, honestly like yeah. once you've once you've had a digitech on set you never want to go back like everything <laughs> is so much better so much easier everything's quicker and i just yeah and one what one thing that I think people get intimidated by is it's fine in a studio because you can see like you've got power, you can plug you can plug plug your laptop in, charge it, no problem. But when people want to shoot on location and tether, that's where even sometimes myself I go, oh, I'll just shoot to card, it'll be simpler. But the reality is it's it's not that much of a hassle to actually bring a laptop out with you. Yeah. Um and it's always a million times better. I end up, every time I say, oh, I'll just shoot a card, I change my mind on the day because I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't do that anymore. It's just yeah. not the same. So what can people do to keep their laptops powered primarily mm -hmm. on location, in the woods, in a field, in a garden? How can they shoot tethered there? Yeah, um, so that world's got a lot better in recent years. Battery technology's gone crazy and everything's getting smaller and lighter and um just powerful enough to be able to to push power to a laptop now and and so i use um uh zendure super tank batteries which are um similar to a hyperjuice um which you may have heard of but they've had <laughs> they've had qa issues as well <laughs> um <laughs> over, over recent years so um i i've never really um been a massive fan of those but yeah the basically it's it's a small little battery that you can um so i have a digi plate which is it's just it's basically a, a metal plate with a bunch of holes in it Very um cool. yeah but you can attach a bunch of accessories underneath it and the laptop on top and um all the cable routing goes through the back and everything's neat and tidy and secure um but it means that you can carry all of that around on a tripod um quite easily and there's a, a sunshade so that you can still see the imagery in in harsh sunlight and um and everything's all in one which is which is great um but yeah the, those batteries are, are really useful i think i've got three in my kit and usually you can get through a whole day just using two of them um just because the new the new apple silicon isn't as power hungry as uh as the intel's used to be um but then there's uh anchor 737s i think they are um which are another battery which uh slightly less power than the zen jaws um but does exactly the same thing mm. um yeah the the the, the beauty of the zen jaws and the hyperduce is that they they're exactly the power limit for flight safe so you can oh, take them good. yeah you can take them on a plane and they're just underneath the threshold for having to be um declared or whatever like you can put I think yeah you can put multiples of them in your in your hand luggage without an issue um okay, that's the main really thing. 
Again, I'm going to put links to all these in the show notes so people can go and get them because this is the sort of stuff that unless you someone tells you you just don't know what to get like i honestly i've just been picking things up here and there in bits through recommendations for years and i've got a a different battery complete to what you have it's i got it on amazon it's actually really good i've got one it's quite heavy i have no idea if i can fly with it but um i do really rate it and i really like it so i'll add a link to that one as well um But yeah, this has been so good, like a wealth of knowledge. I feel like the next time we're on set together, we need to do like a video of you showing off all of your bits and all of your kit because there's yeah. there's a whole amazing run through you can go through of of all of it. So I think people yeah, would yeah. love to see that. You should just do that on your own channel anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I probably should. <laughs> I, I'm due to do like a, a, a sort of a, a kit um, sort of family show at some point. Um, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, like w- when it comes to picking up, um, you know, what people are using or what bits of kit, like the amount of screenshots I have on my phone from like, you know, stories that Digis have put up and you, they'll show like the underside of their plate and you'll go, okay, what's actually on there sort of thing. And, and it's, it's a whole world of just doing that over and over again and being like, what's that? What's that? And then you can, you can reverse engineer what people are doing and then you'd be like, oh, okay, that's actually quite clever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just doing that over and over again until you sort of find what works for you, or just I, I think a lot of um, a lot of what I've found over time is just trying to be um, aware of things that you do over and over and over again, yeah, um, so that you can streamline those and, and make that easier for yourself. And you know, the amount of power and tech and uh, software and stuff that's out there that can speed things up for you which you know um so tom barnes who i work with quite a bit he put me on to keyboard maestro which is like a, a macros system that you can um install onto your onto your uh onto your laptop and essentially it can automate pretty much anything that you can think of really um but it's just a case of thinking enough about what you do to be able to know what it is that you want to do and so yeah. um things like that have been super useful um as a, as a way of just streamlining uh, streamlining stuff and um yeah I, I think the amount of times where it's like if you can turn three keystrokes into one or you know that's that's time saved and a lot of the time you just don't get time on set or you're trying to do things in between when other things are happening and you know i can't do a huge amount when shots are coming in a lot of the time you can pause things and work on bits on the side. But if I'm trying to export stuff quickly, um, it's, it's often a bit of a time crunch to do that kind of thing. And and then you end up on certain jobs. Like we did, um, we did a job with, with Red Bull and Takua, which was uh, last year with Max and and Sergio. Uh, These are Formula (laughs) One drivers, by the way. And everyone's very aware that I'm a big fan and I'm very (laughs) jealous that Sam has been on set with these people multiple times. Yeah. But, but uh, on that job, we had an hour with each of them and there were six setups to, to shoot in that time with clothing changes as well. So it was literally, I think it was six minutes, uh, well, six minutes per set and four minutes per change sort of thing. And I literally had a producer on my shoulder being like two minutes, one minute. Oh. Now move on to the next one. And like we had to choreograph everything so that, you know, 
like we, we were able to set up three of the shots, but then it was a case of being able to roll in backgrounds and switch lights and know all the powers to everything so yeah. that it all worked as it could. But like, this is where like the level of professionalism you need to have and, and the reliance on your processes that you need to have is everything has to be so dialed in because, you know, if anything goes wrong at that point or, you know, I, I had, I had a, a backup camera already tethered, ready to just plug in in case the main one dropped or whatever and just be like, <laughs> like uh-huh. just get on this camera because the other one's not working. Um, just just in case. And it's like, thankfully, everything worked nicely and it was all, all, all went really well and the images came out great. But like, like, if you've got that little amount of time, like it needs to run yeah. right. But that's also where like having people with you as a photographer who know their stuff and who are able to take initiative, think on their feet and work at that level of professionalism. It makes the world a difference. Like there is no way that you could have all done that and pulled that off if Hmm. each one of you hadn't been a complete pro at what you do. So whenever I have a big job or I've got a big project I'm working on, I always ask myself, where are my areas of weakness where I struggle and who do I need to bring on who's better at that than me who can help me or who can be an extra pair of eyes or another brain that I can tap into? So, for example, my weaknesses are things like the tech side of the computer. I can do basic capture one stuff. I can sort of get by. But if it's a big job and a big project that I want to go really, 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 really well, I'm going to bring in someone who's an expert at that field. Um, Lighting is something that I, again, I can do simple, basic stuff. I've gotten much better, but I don't necessarily want to have to stress about that. It's more effort for me to think about light than it is for me to think about creative and the actual image. So I bring in people who find it easy, who are really good at it so that I don't have to worry about it. And I can focus on my zone of genius, which is the idea, the creation of the idea, the talking to the team, the organizing of it all to make it come together. And really fashion photography in particular is not a solo sport. You can't do it on your own. It's about (laughs) teamwork. You've got to get people involved. So if anyone's listening and they're like, I still haven't ever done anything with anyone else, bring in one person who can do something to help you because the more people you bring in, like my sets now, we're about 10 people at least on each job because that's how many people it takes to be in their zone of genius. And the bigger the jobs get, the more people are involved. It's just, you need it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Any final thoughts that you wanted to share with everyone about digging or about working with the DigiTech? Um, yeah, I, I think that, well, I think that the, the main thing that I always find with whether it's a good day or a bad day, um, tends to sort of come down to like how good the level of communication is between photographer and, and digi and, and mm-hmm. levels of ex- expectation being set, um, just so that everything runs as smoothly as it can run really mm-hmm. um like the, there's nothing worse than you know getting to to five o'clock and then being like oh actually we need high-res tiffs of everything and i'm like okay we shot three and a half thousand images and you know like I, it's a very fast mac but it's still going to take a bit of time to, to run that out sort of thing yeah um and like you know just if this stuff is is ironed out 
like ahead of time or you know like I, I, i've had um i'll often get like a document through ahead of time which is saying you know what what crop ratios we're going to be looking at on the day or um if we're going to need jpegs of everything or quick proofs or if we're going to need yeah if we're actually going to need full res because it's going out straight away and so that's going straight to a retoucher and they're going to need those files like that and they don't have capture or whatever so um just the more the more knowledge i know ahead of time the the mm. better i can do my job a lot of the time like um i'm always someone who who wants to know what's going on and even though like um yeah, like I was saying earlier, with set changes and things like that, I, I'd rather know. Uh, I, I'd rather know as much about the job and what's involved and what's happening, so that I can help smooth things out um, and have a big picture view of things, rather than being, you know, caught off guard by going, "Oh, we're 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 now shooting something outside when we were, we've been set up in here all day and and, and what have you." Because like the 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 main thing with assisting, you know, is is that you're trying to preempt pretty much all the time you're, you're you're trying to to think about what the photographer's not thought of yet or what the next move is and you know even if someone sort of offhandedly has mentioned that oh we might try a different light setup at some point like i like when i'm lighting assisting rather than digging like i might have set up that light up offset just in case rather than be like oh no we're actually going to try that now yeah um, it having to be like a couple of minutes wait to, to get something built and to get it on set ready to go. Like it might not get used and they might not go with that idea, but it's nice to quickly build something and get, have it ready. Um, and then for the photographer to turn and be like, Oh, you've done that for me. Great. That's perfect. Or, and, and the same sort of goes for, for packing down and things like that. If you can um, get to a point where you're on the last shot or two, uh, or shot or two and you know that the setup's set and you know that it's not going to change, you can put everything away that isn't in use. Like, and know that it's not going to be an issue. And if if all of a sudden it's like, oh, one light needs to come back on, then you can do that quite quickly. Um, but it's nice for them to turn around and be like, oh, you've already packed. And it's like, yeah, it's great. And it's just it's just the two lights that are left that need to go down. So um any a, anything like that is is really helpful just to to make life smoother and you know make make the experience better for everyone, really. Yeah. Um I love that. Yeah, and getting out That's, on time is always great. Yeah. <laughs> That's all really good advice. And this has been a wealth of knowledge. So thank you so much for sharing everything. I know that it's going to be a, a really useful episode, especially in terms of like what to get, what kit to have, what to do mm -hmm. with a digi, how to communicate, all that sort of stuff. Uh, where can people find you if they want to work with you or message you, or ask you questions? Yeah, so... Um... I've got a website which is sundigi.com, so S-O-N-D-I-G-I, -I, um, and that's got you know recent projects and um, kit packages and and a bit of an, an overview of what I do, um, and then it's sun.digi on Instagram and Sam Royston Photos my photography site as well. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'll yeah, that's that's a place to find me. Yeah. I'll put links to everything in the show notes. Everyone can click and come and find you. But um, mm -hmm. thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate yeah, cheers it. Cheers for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Fashion Photography Show. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have, please share it over on Instagram and tag me at Olivia Bossard Education so I can see, or just send it directly to a friend. I'll see you next time. <laughs>